If you'll take out your copy of God's Word and turn to Matthew chapter 25, Matthew chapter 25, we want to continue this. We want to continue this uh, this series on freedom for the city and, and kind of our running metaphor through this whole thing has just been locks and keys and the Lord has given us keys to the city and he's teaching us how to use those keys and, and walk in the freedom of using those keys and all those different things. And I tell you, wouldn't you know it, again, it's like some, sometimes there are messages that are easier to live out and messages that are harder to live out. And wouldn't you know it that God keeps making me live out my own messages? I don't know, I don't know why he does that, but he just keeps making me live out my own messages. And that manifested itself in a couple of frustrating uh, uh, ways this week. And there was, um, so this was a travel week. Kim and I went up to a conference in Raleigh, our district conference, on Monday and Tuesday. And then I hopped on an airplane and went down to Florida on Wednesday and Thursday. And a couple of different stories. And you just have to promise me right now that you are not going to lose uh, admiration or respect for your pastor. And if you'll just say that, yes, just nod at me. Say, I'm not going to lose respect for you. Okay, now I'll tell you you these these stories so a couple of stories in, involving keys so we were in we were in Raleigh and I woke up we came and I woke up on uh, a Tuesday Tuesday morning and I'd woken up just a few minutes before she did so I was trying to be a good husband and, and kind of slip out the door quietly and, and go down to the lobby and grab a cup of coffee and then I was coming back up and, and I grabbed my key and I, I went down to the lobby and and you just you just have to know you just have to know about me that when the spiritual gifts were handed out, directions and a sense of direction was, was not one of them. Whether that is in a building or roads or whatever. And so I went back, I went back up to the second floor. I remembered the floor. But here's the thing. I don't know if you've, it's been a while since you've, you've traveled. It's been a while since you've been in a hotel. Like hotel doors look very similar. And I know, I know some, I know somebody's thinking like, pastor, there's numbers on that. Well, I know that too. Okay. But I didn't look, I just, I didn't look. And so I went back up and I thought I knew the general area where, where the, so I I went up to that and I put my, put my key card next to that sensor and I stepped back and there's that yellow light. I don't know what a yellow light means. I guess they thought red was like too intimidating. They're like, no, sir, that's not the right one. so I went to the one right next to that. And some of those, you can hear the, it trying to work, right? This is like 6 o'clock in the morning. This was a new technology, so it wasn't doing that. It was just very silent. So I was happy for that. Went to the next one. Uh, that didn't work. Went over here. That one didn't work. I went across the hall. That didn't work. So at 6 o'clock in the morning, I'm literally making my way down the entire, the, down the entire, I'm just everyone, 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 nothing, nothing, nothing. Well, I realized I was on the right floor, but I wasn't in the right hallway. There were two, there were two hallways. So I went all the way over to the other hallway and again just started making my way down the hallway. I don't look, I don't know if you I did get in the room, by the way, but I don't know if you've ever felt like that in life. I don't know if you've ever felt like that spiritually. If we've been ta- as we've been talking about keys, that you have access, that God has given you keys in your life, that you have the key of Jesus, that you have key, the key of, of the word of God. And so we understand, we understand that I have a key. We understand that this key does work, and yet you've experienced the frustration of that key not working in certain situations. Come on, have you ever had a prayer that didn't get answered on your time, or in the way that you thought it worked? Like, I, 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 don't, I don't understand this, Pastor. I'm using this key, but it doesn't feel like the doors are being opened. 
And one of the things that we have to realize is that we not only have to have the right key, but we have to, we have to have access. We have to use the right key on the right door. And so I want to draw your attention to this passage in Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. Let me give you the context of this passage. So Jesus is talking about the end times. Matthew, so if, you're, if you have questions in your life like, are we in the end times? Um, what's going to happen in the end times? Matthew chapter 24 and Matthew chapter 25 are Jesus' longest discourse. Like it's two full chapters that he devotes to this is what it's going to be like in, in the end times. And so he, to set this up, uh, Jesus basically tells two parables and then he gives one prophecy. So he tells the parable of the bridesmaids. He tells the parable, there's 10 bridesmaids and five bridesmaids are ready and five bridesmaids are not ready for the return of the groom. And this is talking about the return of Jesus. So the question that Jesus needs us to answer in response to this parable of the 10 bridesmaids is simply, are you ready for the return of Jesus? The second question, remember, this is all in the context of the end times. So Jesus is teaching on the end times. And then he tells another story. He tells an another parable. This is the parable of the talents. The second thing that Jesus is going to ask us in the end times, in the last days, number one is, are you ready? Number two is with the parable of the talents. Are you multiplying? Are you taking what God has given you, that gifting, and are you investing it strategically in the kingdom and allowing the Holy Spirit to multiply your talent and your gifting? And then Jesus now tells a prophecy. So this is not a parable. This is a prophecy of the great final judgment. Everybody, the Bible teaches, Jesus teaches that we are all going to stand before the throne of God someday. And then this is how this plays out. Matthew chapter 20. 25 beginning at verse 31. But when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne and all the nations will be gathered in his presence and he will separate people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. Let me be clear on a key interpretive element from this passage as the meaning of words tend to shift over time. If you are standing before God one day and if he says you are the goat, that does not mean what you think it means, okay? You do not want to hear the Lord say that. Verse 34. Then my king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. How does this happen? Jesus tells us. For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will say, God, I don't, I don't remember that. Jesus, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you? When, when did this happen? Verse 40, and the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to the least of my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. And then the king will turn to those on his left and say, away from you, you cursed ones into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his demons, for I was hungry and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty and you didn't give me a drink. I was a stranger and you didn't invite me into your home. I was naked and you didn't give me clothing. Sick and in prison, you didn't even visit me. And they will reply, God, we don't remember 
not doing that to you, verse 45, and Jesus will answer, I tell you the truth, when you refused to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were actually refusing to help me. And then they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. So this third prophecy, Jesus is asking all of us, will we fall into the category of being a sheep or a goat? Difference, several differences I've noticed as I just kind of read through this passage. The first thought is this, is that goats get overwhelmed and shut down. Sheep focus on doing for one what they wish they could do for everyone. I don't know if you've noticed, but the world's kind of messed up. I don't know if you've noticed this, but there's a few problems out there. I, I, I don't know if you've noticed, but like it's pretty, it's pretty easy to get overwhelmed. Have you felt overwhelmed in the last eight to twelve months? And anybody felt just a little, a little bit overwhelmed of like, wait a second, I'm not even, not, I'm not even sure that I know how to phrase the problem and then much less come up with an answer and here we are with another problem and it's it's just really easy to feel overwhelmed and when you feel overwhelmed that can lead to frustration and that frustration can lead to anger and when you feel all of those emotions it can end up you can just end up shutting down because you don't feel like you have any power to make a difference You know the feeling of being overwhelmed? It's kind of like that feeling. Husbands, how many men have tried to pick out an anniversary card for your wife in CVS in the last three years? Have you made your way through the three aisles of greeting cards? There are 32,000 cards. Like why? This is an overwhelming and fresh. I want to shut down. I just want to call Camden right there and say, happy birthday, happy anniversary. And by the way, like every day is a day now. It's, it's like sock day or, or it's like blonde hair day or it's brown eye. Like every day is a day and then there's cards for everything. And these cards are not $2, they're $12. These cards cost more than the actual gift does. And when I'm in CVS, it just makes me feel overwhelmed and I want to shut down. We can't, we can't do that with the world. See, the enemy is trying to get, the enemy is trying to get the church to feel overwhelmed and that feeling of overwhelming to lead to frustration, that frustration to lead to anger and your anger. The enemy wants your anger to shut you down, but that's not what sheep do. Sheep say, I can't fix everything, but I can minister to one. I I can't help every poor person in the world, but I can help one poor person. I can't feed everyone, but I can feed one. That's the power of what Jesus Christ is trying us to, trying to get us to understand that if we will focus on one person collectively then we can begin to move the ball forward in this area goats is another difference goats see meeting physical needs as unnecessary sheep see meeting physical needs as the gateway to meeting spiritual needs we we have to understand this that it's the same key say same key It's the same key, and that key is Jesus, but there's two doors. There's two doors. And if we're not careful, we will want to rush and use the Jesus key on somebody's heart before we've gained permission into their life. 
There are outside gates, and then there's the door to somebody's home. If you don't believe that people are a little bit reluctant to invite a stranger into their home, why don't you go ahead and try that this afternoon, and then just let me how that goes next Sunday. Just, you know, just knock on the door and try to invite yourself right into their kitchen, right into their dining room. See, the first thing that you need to do is you need to, you need to use the key on that outer gate. You need to establish a connection. You need to establish a a, a relationship. And that's what Jesus is saying. He's saying it's the same key. But sometimes we need to serve people and meet their physical needs so that we will have permission and credibility to use that same key on their hearts and meet their their actual needs. This happened in in our uh, Lake Norman location um, a few weeks ago. It was just amazing to to watch the, the fruit of this. And so... Uh, but in order to see, so I'll tell you the end of the story in a moment, but to understand the end of this story, you've got to back up a couple years and, and understand the beginning of the story. So Pastor Zach and his team out at Lake Norman, um, their location is almost right across the street, just kind of a block away from, from Davidson College. There was one of the football co- coaches from Davidson College, a young guy that had passed away a couple of years ago. And it was sudden, it was tragic, the football team was in shock, and they were mourning, and so uh, Pastor Zach and, and his team, they just went over to the football team, went over to the head coach, and just said, hey, we're here, we're here to, to, to serve you guys, we're praying for you, if your team needs any, anybody to talk to, any counseling, we're just available, that's all they did, they just used that key and said, hey, we're, we, we understand that you're hurting right now, but we're, we're, just, we're just here. Well, out of that, Pastor Zach develops a relationship with one of the coaches, one of the coaches started starts coming to multiply Lake Norman. Strong, strong believer. A lot of the other football teams started coming to Lake Norman. And then fast forward in two years. So this, this year, the Easter of this year, in some of the conferences, they didn't play the college football season. They didn't play it in the fall. They, fast, they moved that to the spring. So they were playing on Easter Sunday and they weren't allowed to, or they weren't able because of their, their workout regimen and, and pregame drills and all of that. They weren't able to go to church that morning. So the head coach said, hey, Pastor Zach, why don't you come on Easter Sunday and preach to the entire football team of Davidson? And 24 of those young men raised their hand and gave their life to Jesus Christ at the end. But we understand. So it's the same key, but that key didn't just unlock the door to their hearts on Easter Sunday of this year. That key was put into, put into, into process a couple of years ago. Pastor, Pastor Wesley and uh, his team down at Multiply Harrisburg, they're, they're doing the same thing. So they recognize that teachers, this was such a hard year for teachers and uh, online learning and, and virtual and in person and juggling all of that. And so they said, they said, listen, we can't do this for every elementary school, but we can do it for one. So they po- focused on the one elementary school that was nearest in proximity to them, and they just organized a car wash one morning. Said, teachers, free car wash. Just come in a little bit early. And they washed 50 teachers' cars. They gave out 100 bags, and teachers are just responding like, thank you so much. You don't know how much this meant. This has been one of the hardest years ever. And I believe that we're going to hear more Davidson College football stories out of this teacher story a couple years down the road, but, but we're just washing cars. 
We're washing cars, and if we're not careful, we'll allow, we'll get so angry and we'll get so frustrated that we'll say, well, there's a, there's a million cars out there that need washed, so why bother? And by the way, you're just going to wash it, and it's going to rain again, so why bother? But wash a car. Wash somebody's car. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, maybe your, your wife's nudging you right now. She's like, yeah, mine this afternoon. But it may be, it may be somebody's car, but you understand what I'm saying? Like you can't, you can't allow, you can't allow feeling overwhelmed to stop you from doing what Jesus has called you to do. Goats see their actions as disconnected from their salvation. Sheep understand that they're not saved by their actions, but their actions are proof of their salvation. Let, let, me sit, let me sit on this because if you just, if you just read this parable, if you just read this prophecy without going back and understanding the other parables, you'll get real confused and you'll think that your salvation is based on works. Does that, does that make sense? So if you just read this prophecy, you're like, wait a second, I'm standing before Jesus at the end and he doesn't, God doesn't one time ask if I've accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior into my heart. All he asks is if I've helped poor people, right? Out of this passage alone, this passage alone, that's all it says. It doesn't say anything about having a personal relationship with Jesus in this passage. But if you're not careful, you'll disconnect this passage from the parable of the bridesmaids. Y'all, it was all part of the same sermon. All part of the same sermon. Point number one in the sermon was, do you have a personal relationship with Jesus? Number two was, prove that to me by taking what I gave you and multiplying it. Number three was, prove that to me by how you treat people less fortunate than you. So the way you treat the poor doesn't get you into heaven, but it is proof that you are ready for the return of Jesus. Does that make sense? Goats say this. Goats say it's somebody else's problem. Sheep say it's my problem. Find it interesting that Jesus never said, oh, that's the, that's the Pharisee's problem, or that's, that's the Roman problem, or that's the zealot's problem. He just, Jesus just met people's needs. Here's, here's what I have to be careful of personally. Here's what I have to be careful of. When I'm standing before Jesus on that uh, white throne judgment, I'm not standing before him as Pastor Doug. Does that make, does that make sense? Um, Jesus is not real impressed with my title or anything else. I'm going to be standing before him as Doug. So he's not going to ask me, hey, Doug, did you pastor a church that had a dream center? He's going to ask me, hey, Doug, what did you do for the poor? He's not going to ask me, did I pastor a church that had ministries for the disenfranchised? He's going to ask me what I did. And if we're not careful, we will find a false comfort in attending a church that has a dream center when Jesus said, no, you're a dream center. 
You're a dream center. We'll find a false sense of security and that we are part of something collectively, which is amazing. But that's not the question. The question is, what did I do? The question is, what did you do? And so we understand that this has a personal responsibility to it. The final thing is this, that goats see serving people. They just see people. They see people. Goats see people. And goats see people through the lens of division. And goats see people through the lens of labels. And goats see people through the, the lens that the world wants you to see people. But sheep see serving people as serving Jesus. I remind you that the enemy wants to divide and label. That verse 40 says, and the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it, to who? And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to everyone that believes the same way that you do about masks. Who voted the same as you. Who has the same color of skin as you. It's not what Jesus is going to ask us. Jesus is going to ask, did you do it to the least of these? I tell you the truth. When you did it to the least of these, my brothers or sisters, you were doing it to me. See, Jesus is referencing, remember, old, old covenant. Old covenant is eye for eye and tooth for tooth. So if somebody offends you, you offend them back. If somebody affronts you, you, you push back. If you push back to the level that they came against you, well, Jesus is always upping the ante. And so in the New Testament, Jesus ups the ante from the Old Testament, the eye for an eye with the golden rule. And Jesus says this, treat others like you want them to treat you. And we call that the golden rule do unto others as you want them to do unto you we call that the golden rule but I think Jesus is up in the ante one more time you could almost say that this is the platinum rule and the platinum rule is this treat people like they were Jesus treat people like they were Jesus treat people who who got the vaccine and you're against the vaccine treat them like they are Jesus whatever I'm not like if somebody voted different than you treat Treat them like they are Jesus, like they are Jesus. See, it's getting a little harder, isn't it? Because in our human, in our humanity, we want to be nice to everybody that believes like us. But Jesus says that it goes beyond this. And I know the amens are getting a little lower and it's getting a little quieter. But I got I to teach what the Bible says, right? Even if it's uncomfortable for me and it is. Because the easy stuff. I mean, if this, were, if this were easy, everybody would be doing it. But Jesus says it's going to get harder in the last days. Jesus says... Uh, the love of a lot of people are going to grow cold. Go back and read the beginning of, of Matthew 23. And so Jesus says, the love of many will grow cold. I wonder if those who have allowed their hearts to grow cold toward people end up as the goats. And I wonder if the people who say, 
man, I'm frustrated. I'm going to keep on loving. I'm going to keep on serving. I'm going to keep on giving. I'm going to keep on loving. Even if somebody doesn't receive it, even if somebody looks at me mean, even if somebody says something wrong, I'm just going to keep on loving. So I told you I had a couple of key, I had a couple of key incidents. First one was the hotel. Second one was flying back into Charlotte. Now, let me, let me give you a little bit of a, a, a backstory. So I drive a rather large, rather bright red pickup that I don't, I don't usually have to worry about where I park because I just kind of do this. And, oh, there's the, there's the glowing red uh, truck. And I just walk, walk towards that. I mean, like, even when I'm flying in Charlotte, it's rather, you know, you, oh, there's the Bank of America building and my truck. It's, it's kind of easy, easy to spot. Well, the problem was my, my vehicle was being worked on, and so I was driving Camden's car. I flew into Charlotte, and I remembered that I was in long-term parking, too, and I even remembered uh, the letter, right? Good. That's good. That's good. You're proud, you're proud of your pastor now. I actually looked, and so it was W, and I always try to, like, do associations, like, W, uh, winner, we win for Jesus, like, W, wither up. Yeah, well, that's my last, last name, and I was like, okay, I got, I, got my, I got my parking lot right, and I got the letter right. Problem was... I was used to looking for my red truck and I was driving my wife's vehicle and my wife drives a silver Honda Pilot. Do you know, do you know who else drives a silver Honda Pilot? The answer to that would be everybody else in Charlotte. That would be the correct answer. Everybody else in Charlotte drives a silver Honda Pilot or at least a vehicle that looks like a silver Honda Pilot. So I was already traveled all week in a lot of meetings. That week, I just wanted to get home. So I was tired and I was frustrated and I was a little bit upset. And there I am in the parking lot, just walking the rows, hitting the button, just walking the rows, hitting the button up and down, back and forth. Finally realized I was at the right letter. I was on the wrong side of the parking lot. Went over to the other side of the parking lot, walking the rows, hitting the button, walking the rows, hitting the button. And sometimes church, that's what we have to do. Even when the doors don't seem like they're opening, even when people don't love you back, even when they treat you mean, even when they look at you wrong, come on, you got to keep on walking. You got to keep hitting that button because because one of those doors is going to open and you don't hear here's what it is you don't know which door is going to open you don't know you don't know when you get to until you get to heaven which heart is going to open to the gospel but some of them are but you're not going to know so you just got to love everyone and serve everyone be kind to everyone and you got to have a sheep heart because your sheep heart and your sheep actions will ignite the sheep heart in somebody else it's one key but it's two doors heads bowed and eyes closed all across the auditorium today my first question is simply this my first question it's the most important question are you ready for the return of Jesus Jesus says he's coming back And there will be people who are ready for the return of the Lord and people who are not ready. And so with heads bowed and eyes closed in the house today, 
if you would say something like this, Pastor, I don't know that I'm ready. Pastor, I, I feel like I'm walking around, but I'm not awake. I feel like I'm just going through motions, but I'm not alive. Jesus wants you to know that he will fill you with the breath of his, his breath in your lungs right now. So if that's you, would you just pray a prayer that says something like this, Jesus, forgive me. Take my sin take my shame, take my past. I give it to you. I believe that you died and rose again on the cross. And I invite you to become Lord of my life. Now, would you stand all across this auditorium and still with with your eyes closed, if you would say, Pastor, I want that key anointing in my life. I want that sheep anointing. I want to make sure that I'm loving people. I want to make sure that I'm treating other people like they are Jesus. Would you just lift a hand and invite the power of the Holy Spirit into your life and say, I want to treat people that way. I want to operate in my keys. I want to operate in the very key that God has given me that we're not just part of a church that helps the poor but that we do it individually God bring people into our lives this week that we can minister to by the power of Jesus Christ in his name in his name amen